0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and put your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Now, I told a story, and I'm not going to go into the big, long story again. If you want to, you can always go back on live stream, get our mobile app, our podcast. You can go back and listen to the full story, but I told the story about... Um, I, was, I was working cattle with Ty and Sean and Tara and Phil and, and I think that was all that was there and, and I roped this big big heifer and I was dallied onto her and my horse the, the heifer was bigger than my horse nearly or they were the same size but I had a front leg and so it was just like a pulling collar on the heifer and she ends up jerking my this this cow jerks my saddle off of my horse and I'm still in the saddle. Okay, And the reason that she was able to do that was because I was sitting there holding that, holding that big cow so tight without slipping just a little bit of rope that my horse started going down and she put her head down and she put her feet out front and then the saddle just slid right off of her and I hit the ground, I'm still and got both feet in the stirrups and the only thing I don't have is the reins anymore because they're still on the horse. It's a wreck. So last week I, I told that story and we talked about when you're dealing with these problems, keep your head up. And today we are going to talk about the second thing that went wrong during that roping of the cow and getting jerked off is that whenever a horse needs to take a jerk, it needs to keep its head up. But a lot of times it'll anchor its butt down. You've seen that in calf roping. You know, the guy runs down there and he ropes the calf and he stops. And what does the the horse do? It drops its butt down and braces and anchors down. And we need to do the exact same thing. But what happens is a lot of times, instead of keeping our butt down and our head up, we put our head down and we show off our butt. Has anybody ever showed off their butt? What do I mean by showing off your butt? God gave you a butt to anchor, not show off like a fool. Because in the not too recent past, I've lost my temper because something didn't go my way. I'm sure you haven't done that. In the, in, the, in, the, in the recent past, I'm sure that you haven't lost your temper because something didn't go your way. In, in the not too recent past, I have felt like taking my frustrations out on somebody else. And I know that y'all have never, you know, taken your frustrations, things are just going wrong and going bad, and it just seems like, you know, all hell is breaking loose, and, and I know that you wouldn't take your frustrations out on anybody else, but unfortunately, I have. In the not-too-recent past, I have blamed other people for my emotional well-being at the time. I know that y'all have never blamed somebody else for, for being mad, you've never, well, if you wouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have done that. I, I know y'all have never done that, but I have, and I'm wanting you to learn from my mistakes, not y'alls, right? And in the not-too-recent past that I, I've said some things that I didn't really mean, and, and, and probably more than that, I've thought things that I didn't really mean. So I have a bad habit, I know y'all don't, but I have a bad habit of sometimes when things are going bad to put my head down instead of keeping my head up and instead of putting my butt down, I have a tendency to stick that bad thing right up in the air for everybody to see. Don't do that. Today, we're gonna talk about the story of David and King Saul. We're gonna kind of pick up right after David and Goliath and, and we're gonna see a series of events that take place over about six chapters. So we'll be here till around three or four going through all those six chapters, you know, verse by verse with it. You know, you know, uh, word, you know, we'll study the Greek and the Hebrew and I'm not, there's no Greek in the Old Testament, so you know I'm joking. So anyway, so David has just killed Goliath, right? He's just killed Goliath and he's thinking, man, you know, look at what God did. And we talked about last week how he kept his head up by giving God the credit and blah, 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 and all of this stuff. Go back and listen to that. But then he kind of goes out of the frying pan and into the fire. Because if Goliath wasn't bad enough, what happens is you can imagine the entire country of Israel and, and more importantly, the, the, the army of Israel has, David is their champion now. I mean, the king probably should have gone out there and faced Goliath because Saul was the prototypical who you think should be king. He's good looking. He's like me. He stands like six foot four, broad shoulder, 240 pounds. You know, I mean, TV makes me look a lot smaller and, and stages make me look a lot smaller than I am. You know, I'm, I'm very deceiving. God has a way of doing that. But yeah, he's like me. He's this big, tall, ruggedly handsome, good looking guy. And, and here's David. David's this little scrawny sheep herder, right? But everybody is praising David, and nobody's paying attention to King Saul anymore. So as a reward for killing Goliath, King Saul gives David one of his daughters and says, you can marry her. And over a series of events, uh, King Saul in the beginning was like, oh, David's my champion. I'm gonna put him as a commander. And then he sends him out. And, and David, because the Lord is with David, Because the the Lord used to be with Saul, but Saul did some things that went against what God told him to. So the Bible says that that the Lord removed his spirit from Saul and put his spirit in David. So David can't fail because he's got God on his side. So David's walking around. It doesn't matter what Saul, what kind of mess he sends. I'm sorry, no matter what kind of mess Saul sends David into, David comes comes out smelling like a rose, right? He can't be beat he keeps just throwing and so people make it start making up songs they say david has killed tens of thousands and saul has only killed a thousand so now i mean even the people are elevating david up and saul starts getting mad so one day david is playing the harp or a lute or something like that like playing a little guitar okay playing a little guitar King Saul. And Saul gets so mad because he starts thinking about all this stuff and the jealousy and the greed and everything is raging. inside. He takes his spear and tries to pin David to the wall with it. I mean, so David runs off. And then Saul's like, oh, I'm sorry. I tried to kill you. (laughs) Come on back. Okay. I I mean, yeah, I I like to be a trusting sort of fella, but you try to run a spear through me. We're going to have a problem. Okay. Especially when I'm a little sheep herder and you're like big King Saul can cut my head off, you know, say, you know, 40 men standing there, hey, y'all cut his head off, they're going to cut his head off, unwinnable situation, right? But David goes back and, and everything's good and Saul does it again, tries to throw his spear at him and yeah. so David's like, okay, enough is enough, right? So David flees and he goes out and he's running from King Saul and so, but even as he does this, his stature grows and his stature grows, and his stature grows, and and he's still getting more popular in Saul, man, since he messed up, man, he's in a downward spiral. So anyway, all of this is covered from about 1 Samuel chapter 18 up to about chapter 24. Go read it, it's, you're like, my gosh, I think I have problems? The king of Israel is hunting one man, and you know what happens, anywhere David goes, people see him, they send word to the king so that they can get a reward for turning David in right so he has to flee to different countries to so like Moab and even he goes over to Gath and it, it, it's crazy everywhere he runs well to make a long story short they they go up to this one place and they're hiding out and David has like 400 men a, a lot of them are men that have uh they've lost everything or You know, they're just kind of the outcasts and they've kind of all rallied around David. And so David's up there and they're helping protect David from King Saul, right? So what happens is they're hiding in this cave. Now, we didn't see the actual cave when we went to Israel, but it says that it's in the wilderness and it's a place in the wilderness with caves and the wild goats. And there's one part of Israel that has these little wild goats, and I, I, I can't think of the name of it off, my, off the top of my head. But we were at, maybe not at the actual cave, but in this area, me and, and Gary and Sherry, we got pictures and it, it's a cool place because there's water there and all of this stuff. So anyway, David and his men are hiding in this cave. Well, King Saul's looking for him. He's got search parties out. You know, David, come out, I'm going to kill you. Blah, blah, blah. So they're hunkered down in this cave hiding. Well... Saul needs to take a leak, okay? I'm just gonna tell it like it is. This is what the Bible says. So if you don't like it, go talk to God about it, not me. So Saul needs to take a leak, so he goes in there, and he's relieving himself inside this cave. And David's men are like, hey dude, now's your chance, kill him. You've already, see, the prophet has already anointed David as king of Israel. The balance of power just hasn't changed. David is the rightful king of Israel. And they're like, hey man, go ahead and take your throne. Kill Saul right now. Nobody will blame you. Samuel the prophet has already declared you king. So let's just settle this right now. So David creeps up behind Saul. And at the last minute, David has a change of heart. But he reaches up. And and this big old king, you know, he's got like, I I picture him in like this purple robe, not robe, but like a cape. Because I need a cape. I don't know what y'all think. But if I could like get away with it and wear a cape, I would wear a cape okay, because capes are cool. The king of Israel has a cape or something that is long, and David reaches out there and cuts a corner off the hem of it, and then backs off, and okay, so he's got to be close, and, and you know, I mean, David is in the splash zone, you know what I mean? He's like right there, so he cuts a piece of the cloak off and everything, and, and, and Saul gets done with his business, and Saul goes, goes out of the cave, and then that's where we pick up in first Samuel chapter 24, 24, first Samuel chapter 24, verse nine. After Saul walks out, David walks out and says, my Lord, and bows down. And then he shouted to Saul. He said, my Lord, why do you listen to people who say I am trying to harm you this very day? I'm reading straight out of the good book, people. This very day, you can see with your own eyes that it is not true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off but I did not kill you. This proves that I am not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you even though you have been hunting and trying to kill me, hunting for me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As the old proverb says, David is still talking. He's given this speech. He's got his men behind him in the cave. He's got Saul and like a thousand men. I mean, this is it. This is the standoff, right? And he says, may the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As the old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure, I will never harm you. Who is the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? Should he spend his time chasing one who is as worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. Wow, you wanna talk about being tied on to a problem? David just thought his problem was with Goliath. Now he's got an even bigger problem because it's not just one man, it's a one man in his army that is trying to to kill him how to take a jerk when life feels like it's going to pull you down that's what david had spent you know a, a couple of years running from saul because saul the king his king his daddy-in-law okay he's married to saul's daughter this is his father-in-law you think you have bad in-laws they probably haven't tried to kill you well your mother-in-law might have but i mean still still your daddy-in-law probably hasn't tried to kill you okay david's got some problems he's got a big problem. How to take a jerk when life feels like it's going to pull you down. How do we do that? Well, first off, we have to anchor ourselves to God's word. That is the only way that you're going to remain upright. See, a lot of you have, have spent your life, have you ever... If you've ever worked with cowboys, you have seen it somewhere somehow where a cowboy ropes something, and usually it's on the ground or something, but he gets pulled down, and they're like, let go! And he's like, no, like maybe pulling a horse around with a lead rope, and the horse takes off, and they're like, let go! And you're like, I'm not letting go. That's the way most of us live our lives. But if you're going to hold tight to this problem that's threatening to jerk you down, you have to anchor yourself to God's Word. You're not going to be able to do this on your own. And whatever you do, don't show off your butt. Do not put your butt in the air for everybody to see. Don't start complaining and, and, and all those things that we talked about, blaming other people. And, uh, that, that's just show, you're just making a butt of yourself. You're just showing it off. You've got to anchor yourself to God's word if you want to take that jerk and remain upright. So how do we do it? I mean, I can, I can see you. I can even kind of feel what you're thinking. Man, I like that. I like that. How do I do that again? I hear you. Well, I've already told you how to do it, but let's go back and see what David said. David said four things that will keep you, it will allow you to anchor against what God, or, you know, with what God said. It will, it will keep you out of the wreck. Sure, you may get drugged for a ways, but you're not gonna fall over. The first thing that David said in verse nine, he said, why do you listen to the people who say I'm trying to harm you? The way you anchor yourself whenever you've got a problem latched on is don't listen to the people that try to rile you up. Okay? See, everybody's got advice, don't they? How many times have you told somebody, Well, you know, at work this happened and my coworker said this. What's the first thing they, well, if it was me, you know what I'd do? They would not. They would not people are going to rile you up. If you go around telling everybody about your problems, everybody's going to say, well, you know what I would do? And I guarantee you, 99 out of 100 people wouldn't take their own advice if they were in your shoes. And quite frankly, they are not in your shoes. You are. Quit listening to people that are going to rile you up. That's what David said right there to King Saul. Why do you listen to people who say, I'm trying to harm you? Look, I'm not trying to be ugly, but most people don't have your best interest at heart, okay? Most people don't have your best interest at heart, even if they've got good intentions. The only one you need to go to with your problem is Jesus Christ, because he's the only one that isn't gonna play the he said, she said. You don't go to Jesus and like, well, Jesus, they said this, and rah, run, rah. rah and Jesus is like, well, I'm gonna go ask them if they said that. He already knows what they said, right? Don't go to people that's gonna rile you up. Go to God. Remember what we said. we got to anchor ourselves to God, not to other people's opinion. Because really, a lot of times, we don't want the problem to be solved. We just want people to feel sorry for us. Well, you know what happened to me? Well, <laughs> I've been there. I've done that. I'm probably the most guilty one in this entire place. On the, I'm probably the most guilty one in the entire Internet of doing this. But we all need to stop, starting with me. Do not listen to people that are going to try to rile you up. The second thing that we don't need to do is we don't need to take matters into our own hands. See, that's what David said in verse 10. He said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. He could have taken his problem into his own hands, and how many times do we think, man, I bet I can solve this problem right here by doing this, but you know deep in your heart that that is not the right thing. We do not need to take matters into our own hands. We need to trust in God. We've got to anchor ourselves down on God's Word. You want to know why, why uh, David is called the, a man after God's own heart? David made just as many mistakes as everybody else. But man, a lot of times he got it right even when the easiest thing would have been to do the wrong thing to solve his problem in the immediate stance, he said, no, I'm going to keep my head up because he said, I've done nothing wrong. I'm going to keep my head up and I'm going to anchor myself down on God's word. King Saul He called him, Father, why are you listening to people that are trying to rile you up against me? Why? I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed. Don't take matters into your own hand. The third thing, if you want to anchor yourself to the truth, remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to anchor yourself to that three points, the third thing you have to do is do not repay evil for evil. See, there, there's, this, there's this deal called the golden rule. I didn't know that whenever I was in elementary school, we had the golden rule up on the, on the classroom wall. Do unto others as, they would, as you would have them do unto you, right? That's the golden rule. But unfortunately, most people, even Christians, they do not follow the golden rule, they follow the molded rule. The molded rule says, I'm going to treat you the way you treat me, right? That's the way a lot, see God wants us to shine a light by doing things, it doesn't matter what other people do to you. You treat them like you want them to treat you, not the way they do treat you. That's harder. But that's what, God, that's what shines God's light. That's why it's called the golden rule. The molded rule is the perversion of that. That do unto others as they have done unto you. That's what this world will tell you. Man, if somebody does something to you, you get them back. You don't let them put themselves above you. Blah, 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 blah. In verse 13, David says... From evil people come evil deeds. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been freed from that sinful nature. No longer do you have to act like the world acts. As a matter of fact, you're commanded to be stronger, to be tougher, to be more courageous than the sissies that were around that just fall in and blame other people and everything is somebody else's fault. And rah, rah, rah. No, God says, you know what? I'm lifting you up out of this world because I've overcame this world and I'm gonna make you into somebody that you cannot become on your own. How does he do that? By not listening to people that rile you up, that do not have your best interest at heart. Don't go to other people for advice, go to God. The second thing, don't take matters into your own hands. Leave it up to God. God can do more with the blink of an eye than we can with a thousand years worth of our own effort. Leave it to God. Do not repay evil for evil. And the last thing, In verse 14, David said, who is the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? Should he spend his time chasing one who is as worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? Here's the hero of Israel saying, I am nothing. Why are you even chasing me? I am nothing. You want to know the fourth thing? Don't think too highly of yourself because pride's going to get you in a wreck. Pride's going to get you jerked down off your horse. Pride is going to get you stomped. You you want your problems, you would be glad if your problems just jerked you down because when pride gets involved, not only do your problems jerk you off your horse, but it comes back and that old cow of a problem will camp on you and just muck you out. Don't think too highly of yourself. Well, by gosh, who do they think they are? Who do you think you are? If you are God's, you've already won. Who cares what those other people say? If they do something to you, that is on them. It is not on you. You stand up because if you stand up and you anchor yourself to God's Word by not taking your problems to other people so that they can say, well, if it was me, I would do this. No, you wouldn't. You go to God. You anchor yourself to God. Don't take matters into your own hands. Give them to God. Say, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing and the right, because I don't always know what the right thing is to do, I'm going to give it to somebody that has never made a mistake and is never going to make a mistake. I'm going to give it to God. The third thing, don't repay evil for evil. David said, from evil people come evil deeds. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it doesn't matter what's happened in your past. God is a God of the now, of the future. He can change your life. He can pull you up out of the muck and out of the mire, out of the addictions, out of the problems, if you'll allow him. If you anchor yourself, keep your butt down and your head up. Be able to take that jerk like a boss and don't think too highly of yourself. See, in all of this, David has remained humble and you know what happens when a person remains as humble as David is or maybe even this as humble as Jesus was you know how humble Jesus was one of the most amazing statements in that entire bible and I have no idea where it is but I've read it google it Jesus says, and I'm gonna paraphrase here, but this is nearly exactly what he said. He said, make no mistake about it, I could call down legions of angels and wipe you out. But he didn't. He hung on a cross and instead of, I'll curse you and you're gonna go to hell. Like a lot of Christians are are good about saying, right? You know what Jesus said? Father forgive them for they don't know what they do. That's the model that we should be modeling after. Not the sorry ways of the world. We need to anchor ourselves to God's word. God worked through David. God's spirit was with David so that he went through these trials so that when you go through your trials, you can have the same outcome. Do you have a problem or situation that feels like it's going to topple you? Does it feel like your soul has taken a jerk that is going to knock you to the ground? Has worry, pain, and stress tied onto you and feel like you're being, that you're hung up in the stirrup and being drugged through the rocks and the cactus? Is that how a lot of you feel? because if it isn't right now, it was a while back or maybe it will be in the future because following God does not rid us of problems. He teaches us how to get through them. He teaches us how to be strong and courageous, not timid, cowering to the world but overcoming it. And what happens when you do these four things? When you don't listen to people who try to rile you up and lead you astray? When you do not take matters into your own hands but rely upon God? When you do not repay evil for evil? And when you don't think too highly of yourself? When you don't? When you stop looking at the world as the world owes you something or that's not fair. This whole world is not fair. If you try to be fair in this world, you're gonna be run down, rise above it. I'm gonna ask you to do something that I don't know that I've ever asked anybody before. How do you do these four things? What happens when you do these four things? It is one of the most amazing promises anywhere in the Bible. Would you stand up, please? I want you to stand up because I want you to hear this promise of God. Most of, a lot of you've been here for 5 years and you've never seen me do this. But God is asking me today to tell you to stand up so that you can hear this promise? What happens when you don't listen to people that try to rile you up? What happens when you don't take matters into your own hand, but you totally depend upon God? What happens when you do not repay evil for evil? And what happens when you will humble yourself like David did, but more importantly, like Christ did? Because in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 15, it said, may the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. Jesus He doesn't say that, but he says he, talking about God. God is my advocate, and he will rescue me from your power. You need to be rescued today. I know I do, and I bet you do too. That is a promise that we can all stand upon and anchor ourselves to, and God will rescue me from your power. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, guide us in all matters. Help us to lean and depend solely on your words and your promises. Show us how to live lives worthy of your ranch here on earth. God, we're not asking you to keep our horse from pitching, but to keep our butts anchored down in the saddle and to finish the ride for you so that we can reside with you forever. And it is in our Savior's name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.